Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Welcome to the Book of Boba Fett's TV Talk. I'm Bo. And I'm uh, Bell. Yes. Be- Bell, you seem confused as though two paths have been laid before you. A gift of a podcast that has been presented and yet something else. Maybe a night evening spent with your lovely wife. And yet you are here caught between these two things. One, responsibility, a, a yearning, a calling to something that you feel that you've known from your past. The other is some sort of deeper relationship. You're not sure which one you should choose. Right. No, I was I was more so confused because I thought um, the show was called Book of Boba Fett. Oh, okay, all right, we're gonna get into it, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> welcome to Book of Boba Fett TV Talk. We are really excited to be talking about this series. I think it sounds like we're gonna have a lot of good stuff to talk about here. Uh, this is uh, kind of the same model that we've done in the past with other active binge shows. We're gonna be talking about the uh, the first episode through the penultimate episode. And so where we sit right now, there is still one more episode to go. So we're going to talk about the entire series, mostly the episode that just came out, as well as uh, the final episode, which is coming next week. We'll have a final episode. So that's how we're splitting it up. Does that make sense or did I make it more confusing? Uh, I mean, it, it makes sense to me, but I'm the one speaking to you about it. So <laughs> I think that, I think this works. We're, we're trying to cram a lot of different TV shows. And this way, there's enough speculation with the uh you know, with the, the series finale right around the corner, but then a ton of talk about about the series as a whole. I, I think it's going to be good. I'm, I'm, I'm really ready to get into it. I believe I am as well. Okay, well, let's jump into it. Of course, this is a very interesting series. Let's go. Let's take them back, man. The Mandalorian, of course, came out, uh, you know, some months ago. Actually, I guess a year or more so ago. And then the Mandalorian season two kicked it up a notch in a tremendous way. Uh, by reintroducing the world to the character of Boba Fett. When he showed up in that series, it was a big attention grabber. He was teased early on. Arguably, he was teased early on in season one, uh, came to be a major player in season two. And I think it was kind of a shock and a surprise to many of us at the end of The Mandalorian season two that the kind of the teaser was of Boba rolling up on, uh, uh, you know, shoot. Bib Fortuna, dude. Bib Fortuna, of course, of course. Bib Fortuna. Uh, and and who is who has taken the dais and tossed a throne on top of it, and then of course we've got uh, uh, Finnick and and Boba, basically staking a claim on Tatooine, and the tease of course that the book of Boba Fett is coming. Now, Bell, that teaser alone, what was kind of your thoughts? What what was your hype? What was your expectation? Where were you at? Uh, I, I thought it was kind of neat. Like you know, there's there's a, a reimagining of Boba Fett, like. Such you know, a character that like with according to the movies, at least like if you if you don't look at the um, there's a lot of, you know, EU, I guess, which is now legend stuff devoted to him and whatnot. But, you know, from the movies, um, 
he, he's instantly kind of iconic because he's the one that Vader points to and is like no disintegration. So it's like, you know, that dude does some stuff, right? Like, <laughs> he, 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 he disintegrating people up in up in here. And um, then, you know, he goes from like bounty hunter to like hired muscle uh, with Jabba and uh, sort of less impressive in Return of the Jedi, uh, considering how he's just sort of punked out pretty easily. Um, but from there became this, you know, iconic uh, character very little screen time very little you know lore or anything about him very little backstory you're just you just get what you get from what you from you know what you see the other characters and how they interact with them which which i thought was pretty neat then we have this this idea that we see him you know in the mandalorian and we get some some you know more backstory and stuff on him and now we're gonna see book of boba fett and it's uh I don't know, like going into it, I thought I was like, you know, this this will be pretty neat. I guess it'll be interesting to see how he gets out of the Sarlacc. And, you know, never, nobody thought he was dead in there. Like, really? Um, so, yeah, I, I I thought it would have been, you know, a really a, a pretty neat little side story kind of thing. Like, you know, just a little story in the Star Wars universe with, with a, a very popular character. Um, so I was excited for it. OK. All right. No, fair enough. Fair enough. I, I think for me, man, this is so petty, but the name kind of turned me off to the series early on. Yeah, the book of Boba Fett, but it's a series like, wait, what? What if it's a book? Why isn't it a book? Why is it like, what is he writing a book? Like, what's the book? I'm like, I'm still actually, even at this point, confused. Like, everybody's like, they call this the book of Boba Fett, but where's Boba Fett? I'm sitting here like, where's the book? Like, <laughs> I don't see anybody writing anything. Nobody's writing this down. What, what, what book? What, what's the book? I, you know, I mean, Maybe because they 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 they've done all the episodes with they call them chapters, right? And I so, get it. No, I see that. Yeah, uh-huh. I mean, and I don't know. You know, the the book of the wills, and there, there's various references to other books and things like that in Star Wars, as far as you know, talking about mythology and things like that. And so maybe maybe that's it. Maybe it's just you know a reference to that sort of deep lore about the these these other famous books, and this is um the book of Boba Fett. This is his, his story, but told in a visual medium. See? Although no one has recorded anything into a book. I thought right. there was going to be like, <laughs> I, I I see where you're coming from. And like, right. but you know, I mean, obviously it's a, it's a show, but like, I thought there might've been, it, it, it would have been told from a different perspective. Like it was somebody regaling his story, writing it down into this book, like some, some dude, some chronicler, writing down Boba Fett's story and like, you know, you know, it starts with him writing the page and narrating it to himself. And then it cuts into the show and like, like something that takes place, maybe like a hundred years, 200 years. In a hole, there lived a hut. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's, that's kind of where I thought they were going with it. It was going to be something like the, the setting is way in the future and somebody's chronicling Boba Fett's adventures. Yeah. I uh, like the Calrissian Chronicles, right? Like that was like, we, we got introduced to that concept in hot or in uh, solo, a star Wars story with Lando kind of, you know, collecting his own, you know, personal adventures, uh, whether or not they were true or not, he called them the Calrissian Chronicles. And you could totally see Lando going out and like, you know, shilling his story out there as this like uh, garavanting pirates of space, which was, both accurate and, you know, maybe a little bit over the top. So I don't know. I mean, like, there's definitely precedent for that sort of thing. And it's fine. I mean, like, it's a it's a petty deal. But I don't know. The name kind of turned me off to the concept. And then I was also a little afraid because they did, in my opinion, they did Boba Fett so incredibly well in Mandalorian Season 2. From the way in which they introduced the concept that maybe Boba Fett is out there, uh, you know, with, when they kind of introduced his armor, Like that is, you know, you think about all of these different little details about Star Wars that over time have become sacred to the community. 
you know, that that Mandalorian armor means something. And so, you know, to have the audacity for it to show up being worn by this character, who, by the way, did originally show up in a book. Not that it matters. But anyway, point is. <laughs> Like, so, you know, that's that's a little off-putting, but at the same time, they freaking nailed it. And then at the end of the episode, you see a dude who's over there with a gaffy stick, and there's no reason you should assume that's Boba Fett, but you totally know that's Boba Fett. And it's, and it's like, okay, are they going to bring him back? And then they did, and then he's got the gaffy stick, and he's like, you know, punking stormtroopers left and right, and he's blasting out ships with his, you know, rocket and everything. He's got Slave One, which they renamed for some stupid reason. And, like, it's like, oh, my gosh, it's Boba Fett. It's Boba Fett. And then they're like, we're going to give him a book. And I'm like, I, I don't know, guys. Actually, you know what? Boba Fett might be better in the background. <laughs> like, <laughs> Like anytime they've taken the character of Boba Fett and made him more of like a focus, even in like the the prequels, even in the Clone Wars, it's never really felt right. And yeah, I I think even in this series, it struggled with the concept of Boba Fett as a leading man, which I think we've kind of seen play out. Don't get me wrong. I like this series. I actually like the deconstruction of Boba Fett. And I like the idea of him kind of going through this kind of rebirth process with the uh, with the Tuscans and you know, his, his whole journey there. And I have no problem with him going from bounty hunting to becoming kind of like a, a crime Lord. I think that makes sense, especially for where he is in his age and career. I think that's a, that's a cool move. And even kind of the, you know, uh, showing us this side of Tatooine that's a little bit different. I'm cool with, yeah, the biker gang is a little too shiny for Tatooine. That rubbed me the wrong way, but I'm not on Twitter. So it didn't bother me. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, so I was fine with that. But anyway, all that to say, I do think that some of the slowness of this series and ultimately the pivot away from Boba Fett kind of speaks to how the character is best used. And maybe this series should not have been called the book of Boba Fett because there's not a whole lot of Boba Fett and there's certainly no books. So that's my, <laughs> that's, that's my going into this. I mean, like, I, I think overall, I really enjoy this. So I like, I, wildly positive on this series i'm super excited about some of the things that it introduces but i feel like you have to address the criticism up front yeah but first off uh they didn't rename uh slave one it's they call always... it the spitfire or something like that right no it, it so it's it's a fire spray it's a fire spray 31 uh gunship and or you know just fire fire spray gunship that that's that's the that's always been in the lore like the type just like just like yeah. the millennium falcons yeah, 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 yk 1300 yeah, yeah. you know care uh, cr uh, cruiser it's a it's a fire spray class gunship and so they just called it the fire spray gunship. Um, the, see, here's my thing, though. And this is where I feel like there's a missed opportunity. So if you're going to explore Boba Fett, like the concept of naming his ship the Slave One is really more like far more fascinating post what we know about Boba Fett from the prequel trilogy. Because if you think about it, he was the first clone of a slave army. You know what I mean? Like, how does he internalize that reality? That there's like literally like thousands, if not hundreds of thousands no, there are. There are hundreds of thousands of like these slave troops with your face, with your <laughs> DNA. Like, I feel yeah. like there's a way to unpack that. And then like, you know, I mean, I would get even deeper into that and be like, uh, this is like a church sanctioned slave army. Like, you know, the, like this religion ordered a slave army and then ruled over them. You know, like, and, and so, you know, you think about, oh, Boba Fett, he fought for the empire. It's like, yeah, well, do you consider like what the Republic was to him? Like, there's a lot that you can kind of do there that they don't really seem interested in exploring. I think that's a missed opportunity. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it, I mean, obviously, I think they want to avoid uh, the connotation with the name slave with his ship and, and totally. I don't that. think they like, want to address the fact that the Jedi had a slave army. 
Well, like that, clearly that, they don't. But yeah, but, but I think that's a that's a fascinating concept. They need to get into that. They need the Jedi. You know, talk about some things that the Jedi would do. I'm just saying, like, yeah, yeah. But I mean, yeah, you're absolutely right. There's an opportunity there for them to, for the just a, one or two lines for him to be like, you know, I, I I once called the ship another name, but now it means something more to me, and now it is called uh, Slave Two. Wait, no, <laughs> <laughs> one was problematic. <laughs> But you, but you see what I'm saying, right? Like, you know, it gives them an opportunity. Hollow going to cancel me for my naming of the show. No, but yeah, yeah. You I know, it gives them an opportunity nobody, to name it. Yeah, I hear that. But here's the thing. Like, I don't know. I just, I feel as though there's so many interesting stories that could be told around the character and the concept of Boba Fett because of the complexities of, of like the, the lore that exists. And they don't seem very interested in going there. And so like, I, I don't know. That's. Not that I, don't get me wrong. I do think that there's something about, you know, exploring the trauma of having your father's head cut off right in front of you. And oh, by the way, that's actually his head. And hey, remember when that kind of happened to Luke? Like there's there's some stuff that you can kind of play with there. And they're clearly kind of playing with that to some extent. But I do feel like the the move to give Boba Fett this kind of death and rebirth narrative through the Sarlacc pit and then coming out as kind of this new person and then really kind of be embraced in the, by this new tribe and then like, you know, losing that tribe and then trying to find out who he is now. That's interesting. I just think that, that it leaves a lot of potential better quality story on the floor. That's for me personally. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I can see that. Um, I just was really glad they went with uh, Patton Oswalt's character from Parks and Recreation, um, his idea. You know, <laughs> we see the gloved Mandalorian hand of Boba Fett grasp what the is... crater of the Sarlacc pit. See, everybody always gives it credit to that Parks and Rec thing. But like that, he was just taking like fan forms and everything else from like years and decades back. Like he gets the credit because he said it on Parks and Rec. But I mean, let's be real. Like that was you go on to any you know, the force.net or whatever the forums were back in the day and the exact same speculation, the exact same fan art was there, all of that stuff. You know what I mean? We, we, yeah, knew, you, we, we knew, come on. You, we knew. you put a million Star Wars fans in a room with a million typewriters and like 50% of them will write the exact same sentence about how Boba Fett climbs out of the Starlight oh, pit. <laughs> 50%, that's a low ball, man. I'd say 99.99% of all of them are going to put that in. That would be totally sweet. Like, like come on, man. That's, that's happening. Uh, all right. So, yeah. So Boba Fett uh, is back. Um, you know, he's been very calculating in this. We do see that he's kind of coming through this. I, I like his mindset wrestling with the the notion of like, you know, I used to work for lesser, you know, beings, lesser things. Uh, and now I'm, I'm sick of being the one who's taking the jobs. Now I want to be the one who's overseeing the jobs. I want to be the one that's, you know, taking command of this. Uh, and, you know, it's interesting to even present Boba Fett in such a way, because again, We've always been introduced to Boba Fett as a villain. In fact, The Mandalorian was the first time we actually got a chance to see him in a bit of a heroic role. Uh, if you think about the big three in Star Wars, they each kind of have their own kind of personal villains, right? Like you have uh, Leia has Tarkin, Luke, of course, has Vader. And then, you know, Han has always kind of had Boba Fett as that archetypical, you know, uh, individual that he kind of stood against. Now, they all had their superior Jabba. Jabba's more of like an emperor, if you will, to Boba Fett's Vader. Yeah, I could see that. It, it, Boba Fett's an extension of Jabba. Right. Well, like Vader was an extension of the emperor. I mean, you could argue that the emperor is really more that for Luke as well, and for Leia, for that matter, just for different different reasons. One is more from a political standpoint, and the other is more from a you know Sith versus Jedi. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, point is, he's always been a villain. And so to kind of reintroduce him in kind of a pseudo heroic fashion or, or maybe even arguably completely heroic fashion in The Mandalorian 
And now he's come back here and he's uh, establishing a criminal empire. So we're rooting for him. You yeah, know what he's I mean? Doing it, he's doing it with honor. He's, he's doing respect. it by the books. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, and also it was just interesting to me because like, it, that was such a weird thing. Like, you know, I, I could see Boba Fett, you know, he, he's hung, you know, he, he worked with the empire. He worked with Jabba. He was a bounty hunter. I could see him going in and, and uh, you know, being a, a mob boss, but like that's, if you take away all the stuff that he did in, in Mandalorian, kind of like out of the picture sort of thing. Um, but then, you know, to see him be like, no, 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 we're going to do this. And I'm going to be a good crime boss. Uh, I'm going to be a nice crime <laughs> boss. Like, <laughs> like that was I'm much, we're much better than those other crime bosses that came through. <laughs> yeah. Like that was, that was interesting. So oh, yeah. Yeah. Like that, I, I didn't see that part coming. Like, uh, you know, I, he was always ruthless and, and, and cold and like, not really like, didn't seem to care about those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing he really cared about was like money, you know, because he, he wanted, you know, solos, no good to me dead, uh, you know, all this kind of stuff. And uh, yeah, so, so it was weird to see that change. And I guess, you know, that was the explanation was that was with his time with the Tuscans and him learning about, you know, going from essentially being their slave to like respecting them sort of like dances with whatever wolves are on Tatooine. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, <laughs> So, so in terms of, and I mean, like, you know, there's, there's some, there's some big stuff to talk about here, but like, like, let's, let's talk, let's talk about the flashbacks real quick. What what were your, in terms of like the flashbacks, how did those, you know, how did you feel about those? Uh, you know, they, I, I didn't know how they're going to go with it. Cause I mean, you know, every representation that we've had of Tuscan Raiders before this has been that they are like violent and um, uh, scavengers and not, they didn't seem to have the same level of, not necessarily, I want to say civilization because that's, that's, that's a very colonialist sort of uh, viewpoint of it, but they, they didn't seem to have the same care for other species, like to cooperate, if you will, with, with them, like, like other ones do, they tend to just kill you and steal your stuff or, you know, take your mom and strap her to a pole uh, <laughs> and then get killed by the good guys or by the bad guys, depending on where we're talking about when you see them. Uh, <laughs> so, right, 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 yeah. I figure like if you're going to make a different tribe of Tuscans, maybe like don't have them take, you know, don't like take him prisoner per se, maybe like, well, it's complexities, right? Like there's a, you know, if, if you, if you look at it from the standpoint of like, okay, well, you know, he, uh, you know, the, the, he's another one of the, these Tatooinians or whatever they've, they've taken our, our planet from us. This was our planet. So like they're, they're already, if you see the world uh, holistically as everyone, that's not you as an invading force, then you're really kind of defending your territory by any means necessary. And so, you know, but when they kind of break it down, like, oh, well, you know, he's, <laughs> this colonist is much more, much better than those last colonists. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like if you kind of take that, that, that approach that they seem to have taken with them, you know, I mean, like it's fine. That didn't, that didn't bother me so much. I do actually think that the complexities of the Tuscan Raiders uh, it is kind of a, a microcosm of the complexities of the gray facets of Star Wars. And that's really what the Mandalorian and to an extent, the book of Boba Fett, well, no, to a larger extent, the book of Boba Fett is really about like even these battle lines that are being drawn, you're kind of like, okay, well, okay. You know, I mean like, uh, you know, to, to jump ahead just a bit, cause I'm going to, I want to get into this, this week's episode, the kind of penultimate episode here in just a minute, but you know, obviously someone pops into the scene and points out like he worked for he's a murderer he works for the empire and that person is right 
He's exactly right. That, that is true. He tortured Han, or at least he stood back while Han was getting tortured. And so it's oh, he, like he facilitated Han's torture by capturing him and stuff. Exactly. Exactly. He's just chilling. He's like, I mean, you know, don't kill him, but you know. So I mean, I, you know, there's the the complexities of these kind of gray characters. Um, I think is really, really fascinating and a fun part of Star Wars to play in. And I think that that's kind of embodied in the same way in which we're supposed to rethink the, you know, how we know the Tusken Raiders. So are we too supposed to rethink what we know about Boba Fett? Because he has gone through this metamorphosis and has come out the other side of the back to tank, perhaps a completely different person. Now, Bell, the book of Boba Fett, while the name is a little confusing because it, it, while Boba Fett is kind of the title character and it is his story that is kind of driving a lot of what's going on, this is really a complete smorgasbord of all kinds of really amazing and awesome characters that are on full display. Fennec Shan, of course, we already met before and she's popped up in other media since. Um, but we've gotten the kind of the, the live action iteration of characters that we've never seen before. Uh, uh, Black Kersantan, a Wookiee a gladiator with kind of electric punches, apparently. Yeah, you know, knuckle dusters, got to have them. Dude, that's a, that's a BA character right there. I was not very familiar with him. I, what, what, what was he in? So I think he was in the Vader comic. I, I got to be honest, man. I've never read the comics myself, but I know like as soon as he popped up, I was like, I don't know who that is, but I know that's not nobody. You know what I mean? I, I will say this. There, there is um, a Vader run that came out a couple of years ago that has like one of the coolest moments in like the expanded sort of Star Wars series and it's like a bunch of rebel troopers surrounding darth vader yeah and it's like give up lord vader we have you surrounded and he's like the only thing i'm surrounded by is fear and dead men <laughs> it's like yeah <laughs> oh man no but this uh you know wookie gladiator i think is a fantastic character when he's like chilling out at the bar and he's just getting drunk he's like let me go mess with these trendotians because the other thing too is trendotians natural uh enemies of the wookies this is kind of a long time expanded universe fact about the two it's like just seeing him kind of look over at the trendotians like i'm gonna i'm gonna, I'm gonna rip their arms off <laughs> like just ready to go we got and to like, see a wookie pull somebody's arms off that was awesome yeah that was awesome you know? yes yes yeah that, that was pretty cool like uh it's sort of another interesting kind of thing there with uh and I can't remember his name. You just said it a moment ago. Oh, Black Crescent. Black Crescent, you know, goes from like getting paid to kill Boba Fett to be like, yeah, whatever. I'll pal around with you. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. <laughs> it's the same thing with the Gamorreans, right? Like they're like, ah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get you. And he's like, oh, you're going to pay more. All right, then <laughs> like, uh, I will take that job. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's <laughs> dude. by the way, like there's been so many reveals in the last 24 hours. But like I, I keep on like remembering like, oh, and Danny Trejo, by the way, up in this with a rancor. Yeah, we finally get to see machete in space, machete in space. It, it was it, it wasn't the machete in space. I was uh, I thought what we would get, but uh, <laughs> it, was, it was great. Nonetheless. <laughs> He's, uh, he's coming in. He's been trained in this Rancor. Again, the Rancor, another kind of symbolic uh, thing for Boba Fett's uh, journey of like, oh, you know, they, he's a beast. He's, he's this like brutal thing. But actually, they're quite, you know, he's got emotions. He can get depressed. He's, he's complex. Let the Rancor be complex. Let him have his, his emotions. Let him, let him, you know, imprint. Um, let, let, uh, imprint. Let him imprint on you. Yeah, like, like a T-Rex or like yeah. a Velociraptor. <laughs> Man, it, it's, it's so weird. It's so weird, right? Like, I think... And I know I've mentioned this before, but like Star Wars to me, especially the original trilogy is always like, you know, a, a fantasy story about good versus evil. 
And for the most part, like adding in a lot of those complexities, like those are some of the things that I didn't like about the um, uh, the prequel trilogy and the sequel trilogy is that, you know, it sort of muddies those waters and, and makes it into a story that for me is not what it mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. Um, and in, in some cases, like for the, for the main trilogy, for the main characters, like those are things that I don't want to see happen. And and it, it kind of works in some of these situations here where it's like it's it's more like rule of cool, where since it's it's not it's it's not like a change of Luke's character or it's because that's the thing is like Boba Fett was a bad guy and you had to beat the bad guy. And then I guess maybe you could argue that, like, you know, Vader was redeemed by by his son to come back to the light. And so, you know, that was a, that was good triumphing over evil there. And so maybe you could say Boba Fett has triumphed over his 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 evil past. But it doesn't even seem like that because he's like, I want to be a crime lord, but I'm going to be a nice crime lord. And so, yeah, it, it's, it's really interesting. Like, I enjoyed the show for sure. I, I did enjoy it. There's some really neat stuff. But like, it's 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 interesting. <laughs> it's, it's 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 such a weird sort of, you know, it's deconstructing your entire understanding of what Star Wars is and was and was supposed to be right. Yeah, I guess so. And like the the thing that I like about, I guess, the way that uh, Filoni and Favreau are going at it is they're they're taking the influences that Lucas had as opposed because like, you know, Lucas, you know, he was telling this this fairy tale in space, basically, but he had these influences that he took this fairy tale from. And so they're they're leaving out the not necessarily leaving out, but they're less emphasizing the fairy tale good versus evil aspect of it and more pumping up these influences that he brought in well uh, and, and to some extent that's because of the area they're focusing on this is not a jedi versus sith situation you know what i mean like from this lens specifically boba fett in particular is the criminal element that we're, what we're dealing with yeah like you know there ain't no fairy tale in the godfather you know what i mean yeah yeah and then like you know in like the kurosawa films and like the westerns and whatnot like all those influences westerns in there. especially yeah 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 but again it, it, and, and and I guess the Westerns, you know, they always have that sort of flawed main character where like he is good, but like at some point you have to say, you know, he, he has to do bad things in order to, uh, uh, you know, ultimately for the greater good kind of thing. Like, like what was the movie in, in Logan that um, uh, that Charles? Watched? Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about, but I don't remember the movie. But yeah, it's the same premise there where the hero has to kill a bunch of guys. And so, you know, he's saying you go back and you tell so and so that the town is safe. But like, you know, I'm not coming back because I can't because I'm I'm a murderer now. Like I've, I've done horrible things to save this village and I, I I no longer deserve to be here kind of thing. And so, you know, you have those sort of complex themes and those stories, but it's ultimately like good versus evil sort of thing. And I, I, I see that more here and you see a lot more of those influences. And so it's less I guess it's less distracting when it's, you know, from my like fairy tale, good versus evil sort of take. Yeah. to see those and it's really neat to see the influences because it, it, it shows you that uh uh favreau and uh dave filoni like get it like they they understand where lucas was when he Ooh, made the movies and I, yes. I i i appreciate that i really really do um and you know there's some things where it's like i i don't i don't need to know the backstory behind that i don't really care because the 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 moment in the movie was enough for me kind of thing and then there's some things where it's like i i wonder what the story is behind that yeah yeah and you know, I wonder what the story is behind that. Like you could argue that that's kind of the entire like reason for this entire series. Right. Cause it's like, okay, Boba Fett's back and it's kind of wondering what the story is behind that. But there's so many characters that appear that have so many stories behind them and so much complexity, even in the way in which they interact. And that's really going to bring us to like these next couple episodes. We need to take a quick break, man. Let's, let's jump to a quick commercial break. Uh, when we get back, we're going to talk about the, uh, the latest episodes. Once we, we got once we kind of pivot to the book of Mandalorian, we're going to be uh, we're about to be talking about that. So <laughs> stay with us. We'll be right with you. 
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. All right, man. So, uh, man, I, I hate to cut you off mid mid thought, but um, but but yeah, you made you made a really good statement there about kind of questioning like the the backstory for things, and how Star Wars has always been really good about like putting something in front of us that inspires so much fascination and speculation and everything else because sometimes it's just there and we get excited. And then sometimes there's actually a ton of backstory behind all of this that we get to uh, unpack. For example, Black Chrysanthemum, neither one of us knew who that character was when he showed up, but that is a character with a lot of lore and a lot of backstory and a lot of, you know, even, even again, the fact that he was like trying to pick a fight with Trendoshans has deeper meaning to those that understand the universe beyond just this show. Man, we, we just got these last two episodes where we kind of pivoted to the Mandalorian. Now, arguably this entire series is essentially like the Mandalorian 2.5 because it is carrying on the story of the characters that we saw there and that sort of thing. Um, and um, yeah, where do you want to start with this, man? Well, let's start with the fact that the episode before the penultimate episode was uh, a front door pilot for Mandalorian season three. It wasn't even well, like <laughs> it was. I mean, like, OK, so I think actually when they announced the book of Boba Fett, they said that this is really not it's not as much a, a new series as it is like a, a, a like a like between season two and season three of the Mandalorian. Like they, they kind of said that early on. Um, I don't think any of us heard it or paid attention to it. And they no, shouldn't call- I didn't like for yeah. sure. <laughs> they they should have caught like this really needs a different kind of name. Like this, this, the show is misnamed. It's got the Boba Fett name and that gets people hyped and yada, 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 but they really should have named this something different because it's really an anthology that kind of contains a lot of different characters who have a lot of different progression. Some of them die uh, and this, like, there's a, there's a lot going on, man, but yeah. Okay. So this was, you, I, I, I would just say it's a continuation of the Mandalorian story. The whole thing is to some extent a continuation of the Mandalorian story, but th- these last two episodes in particular, very much so. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I, I wasn't expecting such a deviation, right? Like, you know, they left us off with Danny Trejo delivering a uh, rancor and I'm sitting there thinking, okay, cool. We're going to see Boba Fett riding a rancor in the, in the final battle. And like, Oh yeah, we are. (laughs) But like, that's the thing is the last episode is next week. Yep. So it's just going to happen. And does that not deserve its own sort of like, it does seem right. Like it does seem like we missed out on the, the Boba bonding with the rancor moment. And one imagines that'll be to some extent in the finale, but yeah, um, I mean, it's and it, it's yeah. it's just an interesting choice, man. It, it was I, I was not expecting to get so much Mando in this season, and like you said, yes, they did say that, but I I didn't listen to them. Nobody uh. did. <laughs> they, I, it's misnamed because I, I think it's the title more than anything else. But all right, so we do see Mando. He is like like you know struggling with the dark saber, trying to find his path. He does uh, reconnect with the armor, uh, or rather the arm armorer. What's yes. her name? Armor. The arm armorer. Armor. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, and he also, you know, is is talking to a dude now, uh, you know, the 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 bigger, the heavier set Mandalorian. These two uh, are the only kind of surviving members of, of the attack from season one. And we do find out that the big dude, I don't think we knew this before, 
but he he is from uh, Clan Vizsla. Star Wars fans who are familiar with the animated sh- animated shows would recognize Vizsla as a pretty important name in the Mandalorian world, in the Mandalorian universe, especially as it connects to the dark sla- uh, dark saber. Now, Bell, are you familiar with Kree Vizsla? Um, just from uh chatting over on Star Wars TV Talk, which okay. you should check out. I I I I did a. a uh, an episode there with Zach uh, about this um, penultimate episode or no, the one before the one before the penultimate episode. Yeah, and definitely so check out Star Wars TV talk for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I'm on there. So, I mean, well, why not? <laughs> <laughs> what more could you like? But that's exactly right. All right. So for, for those unfamiliar, Cree uh, Vizsla was a unique figure in Star Wars lore. He was somebody who was both in Mandalorian and the Jedi. Now, this is kind of bizarre. It's almost, you know, if you kind of look at it through the lens of religion, as they've been positioned in this show, uh, you know, it, it'd almost be like someone who is both a Muslim and a Christian. I mean, like that's that's kind of this tension that this character lived in. And so over at the Jedi Temple, he forged a path that was the Jedi path and yet somehow different. And along with that, forged a weapon called the Darksaber. There's a reason why the Darksaber doesn't look like a lightsaber. It was crafted by a Mandalorian and not through traditional Jedi means. And so after Kree Vizsla died, the Mandalorians actually struck the Jedi Temple and raided it. The only, if I'm not mistaken, successful raid on the Jedi Temple in like a thousand years and uh, and stole back the uh, the the dark saber uh, for for the the for Clan Vizsla and through the dark saber they kind of use that as a symbol to rally uh, the rest of Mandalore. Now you have to understand that not only are these two kind of you know religions with different kind of creeds that as we kind of even learned and hear more in these episodes are are very kind of you know in opposition with one another. They're also kind of these natural en- enemies. There's been these kind of crusades against, you know, the Mandalorians fighting the Jedi and the Jedi fighting the Mandalorians over over the years. And so, not only is this kind of a unique weapon because of the fact that it it was kind of this unifying moment of, you know, these two uh, these two groups. It's also like the moment that the Mandalorians fully kind of overtook the Jedi to some extent, um, symbolically, if nothing else. And so. I think there's a lot of people that'll look at the dark saber and see it as like, oh, this means that someone can be both. They can be Jedi and they can be Mandalorian. And they look towards Grogu and kind of the decision that Luke puts before him and thinks, why not both? Maybe he is, you know, the new Kree Vizsla. You know, maybe he is to be the one that is going to be both Mandalorian and Jedi. I would, I would actually say, look back and see that that character is actually a very polarizing character that, while unifying as an individual was kind of a, you know, a, a tension point that actually tore both groups apart pretty heavily. So I don't know, man, conflicting, uh, conflicting history around the dark saber. But when it comes to the Vizsla name, if your name is Vizsla and you see the dark saber just rolling around, you're not going to let that just like go on to anybody. You know what I mean? Nah. You're going to make a play. And when, as soon as like she called him Vizsla, I was like, Oh, he's going to fight Mando. He's going to go after that blade. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was pretty interesting because uh, I, I didn't really know too much about that backstory. But it, it was it was also interesting to see Mando use the dark saber, right? Because like I, I remember reading in some you know uh, what is now legends material that uh, for someone to wield a lightsaber, they would they have they have to have uh, some connection mm. to the Force, be a Jedi or be Force sensitive or something like that. Because either the it, it was either that the the uh, the lightsaber vibrated so much that you couldn't like hold on to it unless you use the force to like steady it or strengthen your grip or something like that. Um, and and the, it couldn't be wielded by like a normal person. 
But uh, what was interesting, and so I really love to see that, like that Mando was struggling with it because I was like, this is so weird. And that thought popped into my head. I was like, oh, maybe that's what it is. But then I remember, you know, Finn picks up a lightsaber and uses it with somewhat decent proficiency. And I mean, he got he got wasted pretty quick. (laughs) He he wasn't still he's used it multiple times, though. And like, you know, uh, versus Kylo. Yeah, sure. But like he was able to kill stormtroopers with it and stuff like that. You know, oh, also Finn is for force sensitive. So uh, is that is that confirmed? I think that's confirmed. Uh, yeah, I mean, like the, in kind of additional material, they've they've certainly alluded, if not outright said, that Ray is training Finn. Okay, well then that would make more sense. Um, and, and I guess, yeah, if you're just force sensitive, you just need to even know how to. But that to... that certainly wasn't clear in the movies. I mean, like if that if if, if nothing else, that seems more of something that's tacked on at the end. So I, I mean, I think your your point is valid. Your point is valid. Yeah. So that was just an interesting sort of sort of thing there i was gl- i was glad to see it in mandalorian but it made me think about you know force awakens in the in the sequel trilogy is like wait what it's interesting that the blade like the way in which he interacts with he says you know it's, it's getting heavy it's heavier and we've seen with other mandalorians who have tried to wield the blade who are not com- you know uh, familiar with it kind of a similar struggle with it like they're kind of they're having to kind of like like they're they're, they're fighting against it and they're not learning to fight with it almost as if when kree Vizsla made it it was made to be wielded by a mandalorian who could kind of figure it out. You know, if if weapons are part of a Mandalorian's religion, understanding it in a deeper way is going to be part of the way in which the blade was crafted. And so I'm I'm very very curious to see him kind of grow and learn more about how to wield it. But you're right, it was nice to see him slice off a chunk of his leg. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Cuz he didn't yeah. know what he was doing. Yeah, cuz you know, it, it's one of those things where um when you have a character uh in a show and they get more and more powerful as the show progresses. It gets it harder and harder to get them something to challenge the character. Yeah. Um, you know, we see this a lot in superhero shows and things like that. Um, but, you know, this is this is kind of a, a thing where it's like, OK, well, yes, Mando, uh, he's got his full Beskar armor and all this kind of stuff, but he has no idea how to use this thing. So if he tries to use it, he's, it's going to be a liability for him, which we saw um, when he was taking out the uh, slaughterhouse dudes. And so that was that was neat. Like now we have this thing where it's like if he really wants to use this weapon, it's it's going to you know knock him down a couple notches, and so it'll make you know uh, the things he comes across in the future, those challenges, more interesting. Yeah, and it's cool how they took away the spear too. Like I, I love that he showed up. He had the spear. He had all of his little trinkets, right? And then like you know the spear had to go, and I thought that was great because it really kind of forces him to rely more on you know figuring out the dark saber as he also kind of figures out what his path looks like moving forward. Um, he technically has the rightful claim to Mandalore, except for the fact he's no longer considered Mandalorian. He took off his helmet and you know, he, there is a path for him to purify himself through the waters of Lake, uh, in the, in the waters underneath Mandalore and, uh, you know, which are hard to get to. So it's like, Hey, you need, you need some motivation for season three. We got some motivation for season three for you right here. Yeah, right. Yeah, like that's exactly that's going to be his journey in season three. I think you're right. I'm excited for it, man. I think it's going to be great. He also has a new ship. Uh, he's going to be rock, rocking one of the new Naboo starfighters. Um, I'm glad to see that ship design come back. Always thought it was a really cool ship from the first uh, first prequel series, or rather the the prequel series. I never liked the yellow. I, I like I like the the chrome look that he's going with now, like filing off all that or sanding off all the yellow paint and stuff. So yeah, the yellow would have never worked for Mando for sure. I I didn't like it at first when I saw it in theaters. But do you remember that like Naboo Starfighter game for like PlayStation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so playing that game is kind of what got the yellow grew on me. <laughs> that was a cool ship, man. I I just much preferred uh, Queen Amidala's ship 
the the blockade runner that they did uh oh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah just the sleek you know like the the lines and stuff of the naboo starfighter loved them like the shape of it i thought that was cool the, the yellow just didn't do it for me yeah. uh I, I like the the pure kind of chrome look and so i'm glad to see that uh make an appearance here i think i think it's an exciting uh, addition to his arsenal it's it's going to be interesting having that as his ship as opposed to having the razor crest um to me it means that we're going to be spending a lot more time on planet and not in the ship in season three, unless he gets a new one, which I doubt. I don't know. Maybe, maybe he'll get slave one. I don't. We'll, we'll see what ends up happening there. But um, regardless, it'll be interesting to see how it all all plays out. Now, uh, he does uh, get the 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 spear gets melted down, gets turned into armor. He wants to go see his boy. Uh, my boy, <laughs> I've abandoned my child, my son. <laughs> yeah, so he's he's going to <laughs> he's going to see Grogu, and he's got a little mithril for him. And uh, yeah, man, we get a chance to see, I mean, freaking Luke Skywalker, the beginning of the new Jedi Academy, uh, Ahsoka, who's just like there and like a friend of the family and talking to Luke. And we're probably like, we're not going to address it. Like, Let's still talking to Luke. <laughs> right? like, oh my gosh, I was freaking out watching this thing. And then Luke is training Grogu. And he's telling about freaking Yoda and he's doing all the same stuff. And now like Luke is now doing the whole like the father has become the son and the son has become the father. And now I'm training little little baby Yoda and he's doing all the same things. He's got him on his back and they're doing the flips and he's keeping on the jump and he's doing the thing, man. It was so great. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. It was kind of like that moment in um um The Last Jedi where we see uh Leia and Luke training together. Like it was, it was, it, it, oh, yeah, yeah. it was, it was pretty neat. It was pretty neat. That wasn't um, last Jedi. That was, no, was that, last, no, that was, uh, when it, when we saw them both training, I think that was actually in, uh, Whoa, oh, that was sorry. Rise of Skywalker, not last yeah. Jedi. I, I always think it's, I, I flip those two in my head, um, because last Jedi seems like a appropriate name for like the last, the last movie of a trilogy. And instead Somebody's of Rise, gonna... Somebody's going to felony this, the sequel trilogy, like the sequel trilogy is still like this, this it's got parts I like and parts I don't kind of like the prequel trilogy, but then felony came along and made me love the prequel trilogy. And so somebody's going to like, I don't know if it'll be felony or somebody else, but somebody's going to make the sequel trilogy more palpable. I I, I guarantee it's going to happen. As long as they have a, a a full connected idea of what they want to do before just handing it to people to write and see, that's what I'm, that's why you need a felony. That's why you need somebody with passion, a a deep knowledge of, of the series and like a creative way to reimagine and, really showcase newfound appreciation in different ways like that Filoni's genius and it's all on full display in this episode okay um okay all right so yeah Ahsoka Ahsoka shows up oh so I know you didn't like watch the cartoons right I've seen I've seen a little bit of Clone Wars okay so I've seen all of Clone Wars so like Ahsoka and, and Rebels and so Ahsoka showing up is kind of a it's not a small deal that she's sitting here like talking about being a friend of the families and just having like a conversation with Luke. There is a flashback that I hope shows up in her series that I desperately need to see where Anakin's Padawan meets Anakin's son. Like, I need to see that. I need, I need to, I need to see that. You know what I mean? Like I, I I need to see that. Like, this was great. Don't get me wrong. Like I was freaking out by this episode, but that's, I need to see that. (laughs) (laughs) So that that was, that was cool. Um, We also get with kind of Luke training Grogu, um, you know, just a chance to see, you know, it's, it's fun to see Luke doing all of the things that we want to see Luke do like in training a new Jedi, especially literally training him in the way that Yoda taught him. But one of the things that is critical to, I think most star Wars stories 
is the concept of the choice, the, the path of no return, like the place in which you were brought where you have to choose. Now, Bell, to your point earlier, traditionally, this is a very clear cut choice between the light and the dark. You look at almost any single Star Wars game, every single Star Wars movie, film, whatever it may be, every single primary character is brought to this moment of choice between light and dark. Here, in very Mando and Book of Boba Fett and just this era of Star Wars kind of, uh, 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 you know, form, the choice is not between light and dark. It's between Jedi and Mandalorian. And even Luke doesn't present it in that kind of way that Mandalorian means dark and Jedi means light. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. He, he's, you know, they're they're equal options right I, you know because what the thing was is ahsoka was like i can't train him because like i'm not gonna have him go dark side if i don't do it right and so she refuses to do it i don't i don't know why luke's not worried about that at all well and, he's and a, she he's may a freaking... have even said that like hey don't do it luke because like you know he's too old yeah. to begin training i mean i guess he's 50 but like you know he's <laughs> a yoda so it's like <laughs> he's well, like five <laughs> And it was great how Luke laid it out for him. Like, you know, you can, you can go with them, but you know, he's going to die. Like, you know, he and I, like we're, we're compared to how long you're going to live. You're still going to be a kid. And we're, yeah. we know like by the time that we kick it. So it's just, it was really interesting the way in which like Luke presented that to him. And it's very interesting that the choice was not between light and dark, or, and especially because Luke didn't present it as like light versus dark. Thought that was cool. Well, Luke's uh, always been about balance, right? He even talks about balance. Like, you know, he tells Grogu about balance. Like, the force will bring balance, and it's all about balance and not, you know, uh, I, 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 I think it was maybe sort of a way it's like, you know, choose your own way to balance, right? Like, do you want to learn more about the force uh, or do you want to be with, uh, you know, your, your, your Mando buddy? Yeah. Because there's I mean, a, there's yeah. a freaking space on his Naboo starfighter that's perfect for Grogu, the little the little you know droid uh, place on the Naboo starfighter that they replaced with the clear dome. Who's gonna be riding there except for Go <laughs> Grogu? I mean, come on, he's got to. His bounties, man. He's got to put his bounties in there. Yeah, like the, that's my question is like when he gets bounties, if he's got Grogu in there, like who's doubling up? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, well, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, Anyway, maybe, 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 he, maybe Mando doesn't have any uh, problems with disintegrations. Bob Vance, Vance Refrigeration is back. Uh, uh, Marshal of Freetown. Uh, yeah, so he, he's come to town. He's got a deputy now, uh, or rather uh, when Mando comes to town, uh, we find out there's a new, new, new deputy to go with the Marshal and that uh, Mando's like, hey, we got to, we got to take these dudes out. These, uh, you know, the syndicate's coming. And he's like, I know I, I saw him earlier, but I don't want to fight him. He's like, yeah, but you kind of owe me. And he's like, yeah, but I mean, like, we're, we're going to die for sure if we're in your war. And he's like, yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> and, uh, and he's like, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm going to leave y'all. And he's like, okay, cool. Well, I'll think about it. And he's like, all right, get, get all the town people to town because I'm going to tell them some stuff. And when they hear this stuff, they're going to be like, you know, we're going to, we're going to join up with Amanda. We got to, we got to, you know, it's a big season finale. Book of Boba Fett started slow. We got to, we got to bring this thing home, you know, and that's happening. And then, then Bob Vance, Vance Refrigeration is looking out into the desert. Okay. And then, and then he sees something, Bell. He sees something, Bell. He sees a silhouette, a silhouette with like a hat and like a hat with like with the horn rim. You know, I think it's called a horn rim. What's the hat with the thing? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a hat. 
it's a, it's a hat with like the long flat rim. And so it's like, it's out in the distance. And now bell, see, this is, this is the point because again, I watched the cartoons and I'm sitting there and I'm seeing this happen. And I, I watched the cartoons. See, and see, I didn't, I, I'm not on Twitter. So I don't know. I don't know the spoilers. So this is, this is, I was not spoiled at all with any of this. So I, I think that some people were spoiled. This, this was not me. I was not spoiled. But as soon as I saw that figure, I'm like, who is coming towards him? Like who? And then you see the hat and I'm like, it's Cat Bane. Bell, it was Cat Bane. Yeah, I, I've seen like uh, clips of him from the show. He, and you don't like, understand how awesome this is. <laughs> he seems like a pretty bad dude. He is incredible. So Cad Bane, uh, to kind of put it in perspective, um, after Django Fett died, Cad Bane became the number one bounty hunter in the universe. If you can imagine, like in between Boba and Django was Cad Bane. And during the time of the Clone Wars, he was like the dude. He was the, you know, the, the bounty hunter you would call. He had like all kinds of cool little gadgets, but it wasn't like Mandalorian armor. He had his own little gadgets and, and kind of tools that he used for bounty hunting. Uh, he, he went toe to toe with some Jedis. He actually, he like stole a holocron at one point and just like a cool looking concept, like a Western character, like the way in which he's presented is fantastic because, you know, you take his garb and other than like a few little, you know, this here and there that kind of communicates Star Wars, he could just be the man with no name. He's just, he could just be any Western character, except he's a Duros. Like he's, he's a full on alien, like one of the most alien looking of all the Star Wars alien, you know, aliens that are out there, he is the most traditional alien looking. He got the big red eyes, got the blue skin, he's got the 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 teeth and everything else. And, and I remember when he was first introduced on Clone Wars, I was thinking like, oh, dude, how cool would it be if they brought this character to live action? And they did it, Bell. They brought him into live action. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, like, he came in, I, I I knew who he was, like, as soon as I saw the hat, I was like, oh, that's that guy from Clone Wars. You don't understand how cool this is. <laughs> well, I was like, that's like, that's pretty cool. They're bringing this guy in. I don't know anything about him. So like, yeah, I know. I get that. I get that. I, I get I, that. I get yeah. That. Like, you know, I, I, I didn't want to have to go and watch 15 seasons of Clone Wars to like get all the references. And so I'm kind of glad like with, uh, with, uh, black, uh, chrysanthemum cat, or whatever his name was, black yeah. chrysanthemum, uh, with him, you know, I didn't I didn't need to know any of that deep lore. I was like, okay, this dude's cool. He punches people out with like with, with sparky gauntlets. Like that's that's neat. And so I, I'm kind of hoping the same thing with uh with uh Cade. Cad Bane. Yeah, no, so Cad this Bane. is very this is interesting, man, because I don't know how they're gonna approach this. Because Cad in expanded universe lore trained Boba Fett. Like at one point they actually kind of fall out and they kind of have a duel, and it's kind of questionable as to who wins, although it's implied that Boba wins. And uh, and so that but that is like even that is is more of like, a, you know, like a story that was supposed to be told that never got told. So it's it's not really sure as to whether or not that's canon. But I think something that is relatively canonical is that Cad Bane trained Boba Fett. And so to introduce the character so late into the series, especially in an, in an uh, like on an opposing force to Boba Fett potentially in a clash that very well needs to lead to one of them dying. I'm very curious to see what they're going to do with this because there's a lot of history there. And I don't know if like the next thing we're going to get is like the book of Cad Bane, you know, cause I don't think we're getting a book of Boba Fett season two. No, I, I I'm assuming though that like Cad Bane lost that duel. Cause that's why he wasn't around for the rest of, you know, until now he didn't I show mean, up in the original trilogy. Uh, well, I mean, that, that could be the case. Maybe he was taken out by that duel. And how old is this dude? He's 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 getting up there, man. 
like the, you know the other thing about him is um okay westworld right yeah man in black yeah yeah, yeah. dude got some hardcore man in black vibes from him too like that just like you know uh really really old but like you don't want to mess with this dude yeah he seems like a a, a bad dude and i'm guessing the syndicate's paying him um it's because if he does have this connection with boba fett i wonder if that's going to be something they're just going to like ignore i don't know if that's in legends or whatnot yeah um but you know for i mean honestly though that, that's the one thing i like about the show is it yes they're they're you know with, with uh ahsoka and like with cad bane and like all these other characters they, they've done a really good job of making them interesting and making you like know they're they're like bad dudes and whatnot um, without you having to go and watch 15 seasons of Clone Wars. Yeah, no, this is true. Yeah, I respect. And that's, I, yeah, and that's, I like that. that's the Star Warsy nature of it, right? Like we don't, the, there, there are some, there's some shades of gray that we're playing with in the characters and kind of where they fit in the story overall. But visually, you can kind of pick up pretty quickly what people are all about. Huts show up and you don't assume they're the good guys. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, Jamie and Cersei, the Hut, show up and they're like, "What up? We're twins, but we're like up here on this dais. Don't, don't question it." Don't question yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, you, you get it right. Like, you know, they're bad. Right. Um, uh, yeah. And so, and so that, that's, that's, what's been kind of cool about this, uh, about these, about these shows is yes, there, there, there is other stuff out there and for the full 100% context of everything, you can right. watch that, but you don't have to. And I appreciate that because, yeah, yeah. you know, I, I don't, I don't have a lot of time to watch a million hours of television. <laughs> it would reward you so much, Bell. It would reward you so much. Like, that's the thing. It's like, it's like freaking end game. Like you're, with a lot of the stuff they're doing in this live action series, for those of us that did watch all of those seasons of, of cartoons back in the day when they were coming out, this feels so validating. It feels so validating to like get that. It's it's just oh, and Luke, he's given all right. Sorry, I'm jumping around here, but he, he's he's giving Grogu Yoda's old lightsaber. Like that's what he's putting in front of him, which means that Luke, like that's the Luke had all these adventures where he was going around. And he was got, gathering up all these Jedi artifacts. That's a story that could be told at some point. And he he got freaking Yoda's lightsaber, which was on the bottom of the Senate, by the way, because he dropped it when he was fighting uh, Dacidius. Is, is, is this going to be another another story where it's like you know Maz Kanata saying, uh, "Oh, where'd you get this?" And they're like, "Oh, that's a story from another time." Clearly, it's not because we hadn't seen that story. Right? Exactly. Apparently, not. are we, we going to have Book of Maz Kanata where it's her like crawling through the sewers of Cloud City and finding nope, lightsabers? No more books. No more books. I get that. That's, <laughs> I, I feel like that's the new a Star Wars story. Like they tried Solo a Star Wars story, and then that didn't really work or take off. And now we've got Book of Boba Fett. And I, I don't know if the book of is going to be a thing, especially because so far Book of Boba Fett has been a bit of a mixed bag. And I think a lot of people probably dropped off of Book of Boba Fett early on and they're missing out. This is a really, really great and important series. Like, please, please watch the show if you haven't been. Um, uh, well, yeah, it's I, I saw a lot of uh, negative comments about the uh, the what are they called? The mods? Uh, how it was like, you know, like a 50s kind of like hot rod. Yeah, sort of I, thing. yeah, yeah. Yeah, but you know, it, like, but that's that's the thing. Like, Lucas was all about that. Like, Lucas, you know, what was it? Uh, American Graffiti was like, you know, that right. that that was that was their that was their American Graffiti reference and all that, all, you know, all that kind of stuff. Which is fine. I have no problem with. I think this. I know I could be wrong. Again, I'm not on Twitter, but I I get the sense that if most reasonable people people saw that and thought, huh, does that fit Star Wars? Yes. Does that fit Tatooine? No. And that's probably where the big thing is like, okay, 
how are you on a dust planet and you're rocking around with these like Coruscant level like bikes? And by the way, you're also broke and supposed to be like working in the slums, but you're like decked out. Like there's, there's just, those characters felt off in a way that it seems like somebody on set should have said, Hey, this feels off. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like this, this could have been, this could have been fixed in pre-production and I don't, I don't, I don't know. There was, there was a breakdown somewhere there. You can, yeah, you can kind of tell, but you know, it's there. It's now, it's now part of Star Wars. So somehow, some way, there's some sort of uh, Carillion metal that is dust repellent. <laughs> and uh, and these, yeah, these it's mo- weird to see clean stuff on Tatooine. Exactly. And so the cyborgs, you know, got, got a hold of all the clean clothes and all the clean bikes. Um, the cyborg element, I remember the first time I saw a cyborg, not Vader, in um, Star Wars, I think was the, the Old Republic online game. Uh, I think was an option that you could kind of make a cyborg and it felt weird. Like I, I was remember at the time thinking like, Oof, this doesn't, it just feels a little off. But then I was like, you know, but this makes sense. I mean, we, cyborgs are clearly in star Wars. Vader's a cyborg. So this is, this is not a, not. Yeah. Luke's got a robotic hand. Exactly. So this clearly exists. Um, so anyway, when the, when the characters showed up and they, they were modifying themselves, had no problem with that. I thought that was a cool concept, especially for kind of like teenagers looking for identity or whatever. Uh, but the bikes I did. Um, yeah, I was like, oh, that that doesn't feel like Tatooine. But that didn't bother me too much. I, I just kind of like I thought it and then I moved on and I thought I'm really glad I'm not on Twitter because I have a feeling <laughs> a lot of people aren't going to be able to like just move on from that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Book of Boba Fett so far, one through six. Uh, the series is going well. We'll give it a review, like a rating overall after we see the final episode. Predictions for the final episode. What you got? Man, I don't even know because like I, I I was so I was expecting after the episode that we got yesterday with Mando that this was going to be an almost entirely focused. We're gonna have Boba Fett. We're gonna have like the the you know big lead up to the to the final battle and whatnot. Um, and uh, there was there's a lot of like I wanted to see Grogu and stuff. Like I wanted I I wanted to see him put on his little. Uh, we didn't know it was a chainmail shirt, but I wanted to see him put on his armor and stuff like that. I was totally mm-hmm. expecting that to be in Mando season three. I thought the reason when we got the episode that was that was Mando focused was just to kind of like give the audience, hey, here's what he's been up to. Um, you know, here's how he got a ship. Here's how he got around. And now we're back to Boba Fett. But that was not what we got. We got, you know, more character development for Mando than we did. And in, in, we've got more character development for Mando in, in Book of Boba Fett than Boba Fett has. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's it's I don't know. Uh yeah. Um, right. So poor, poorly I, I, named I, series. Poorly named series aside, what is your prediction for next week? I, I don't know. I have no idea. I, Boba Fett's going to ride uh, a Rancor. I'm going to be sad. Um, uh, Mando's going to do cool stuff. Uh, Fennec Shad's probably going to die, uh, and they're going to they're going to beat the Syndicate. Okay. I think uh, I think you're right. I think Boba Fett's going to ride a Rancor. I think it's going to be awesome. Um, I think that we are going to see, you know, the Bob Vance, Vance refrigerations, people are going to come in avenge him. They're going to join into the fight. I think we're going to see some more arms being ripped off by uh, black chrysanthemum. I think that we are going to have some sort of moment between CAD and Boba Fett that needs to pay at least homage to the fact they know each other. Um, I think that, Ooh, you know, I, there's a lot of speculation that Han Solo is going to show up. I do think that Kira is likely to show up. Um, so I would not be shocked if that was the case. I don't know. I don't think that Han's going to show up for the battle. If we do get a Han appearance in this series, I think it's going to be as like a, like a, uh, a cookie, like a, like a post credits type of scene of him finding out that Kira is still alive. 
so I think I think that's possible. Uh, and if that's the case, we might even have Leia in that in that post credit scene, which would be pretty cool. Wait, hold on, Kira. Yeah, Kira. Kira what? was his uh, his his lady friend from uh, Solo, a Star Wars story, who went on to go and lead the Syndicate. Kira. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Wow. My brain just. I was like. I was like. Who? So that's the whole thing, right? <laughs> like, so we know that the Syndicate. Like, so we had Maul, right? He was running all these like crime syndicates. At some point, obviously, he lost them. And my guess is that Kira took it from Maul because we saw her reporting to him directly the last time we saw it. That was a storyline that I think would have been really cool, but, you know, people didn't get over this. Solo, a Star Wars story, was a good movie. Go back and rewatch it. It's really, I like that really one. good. I liked yes. it better than Rogue One. Yes, it's really good. Like, go back and please give it another chance if you were somebody who was anti that. It was so good. True Star Wars fans loved Solo, a Star Wars story. <laughs> anyway. Uh, and so they, they were setting up something kind of interesting there. And so I have a feeling that this is going to uh, bring Kira and the syndicate and potentially even Darth Maul into this kind of like, you know, Disney plus era of Star Wars. And I am totally here for it. That's that's my kind of big speculation, I think, going forward. Yeah, I could see Kira showing up. That would be interesting. Um, maybe Maul showing up to uh, sort of jumpstart the. Um, Oh, a Kenobi series. Mm-hmm. Something like I mall showing up would be pretty neat. Um, that could be, that could be. Oh, well, okay. All right. I got another, I got another theory for you. Sorry. I, I got I'm going to toss this one back in. So we, we Grogu. Do you think he's going to choose the armor or do you think he's going to choose lightsaber? I, I think he's going to take both. I, yeah. I would love for him to like, like take both, but I have a feeling he's going to choose the armor and if he does in this series, which he may or may not, like to some extent, I'm like, I, I feel like that's like a setup and we're going to get the story picked back up in Mandalorian season three. But given the fact that we did get this setup in this episode, in this penultimate episode, here's another idea. Battles going down, right? Or whatever it may be. And they get a call and it's the Millennium Falcon. It comes in and blasts it out. And then Han shows up because he's delivering Grogu to Mando. Yeah, but why would han be out there i know that's a whole nother thing because like i'm I'm like han's not exactly going to be on boba fett's side i can't imagine that's the case it would be kind of interesting if han was on the syndicate side <gasps> bell what if han sided with the syndicate because like kira's his lady friend um i don't think han would side with the syndicate i don't think he would side with boba fett i think what he would do is he would pick the lesser of the two evils there um who's uh, the lesser of the two evils there Prom- oh, granted, he didn't know anything about this new Boba Fett wanting this to be like... This is what I'm saying! He didn't know! Boba Fett tortured him! Kira... Did, I don't even think he knows that Kira betrayed him at the end of the movie. I think I think he might I think he might try and attack the Syndicate because as long as... like Maybe he thinks he can save Kira or something like that. I don't I think mean, we're going to see he used to run Spice. He used to run Spice. Well, no, I guess... Well, I don't know that we don't know that that's... But he does. Like, he, used to, he used to be trafficking in illegal goods. Like, no, Han could legitimately show up inside with the syndicate. Yeah, but I don't think he's going to show up. I don't think, no, I, don't think I don't think he is either. I don't think he is either. But if he does, he could be delivering Grogu. I'm just trying to think of like, what is the Luke Skywalker moment for Han as, as it relates to the story that we've been given? Okay, I got to touch on that. We don't have to have a Luke Skywalker moment. Oh, I agree. I, I agree. Please. I agree. But I'm just saying if they did that, I'm not going to be mad if they do that. But I agree that it's not necessary. I mean, we've already had our Luke Skywalker moments with Luke Skywalker. And arguably, we had our Han moment in The Force Awakens when he and Chewie come, you know, coming through the doors and he says, Chewie, we're home. That was kind of, that was Han's Han moment. You know what I mean? Like, we had that. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, yeah, I don't, we, you know, they don't have to up the ante on the surprise factor every single time. I, I'm, look, 
they threw Cad Bane in this. We got Luke full episode. Shut up, man. It was awesome. You, 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 you and your anti-fan service. I love this. I love this episode so much and I can't wait to see how it ends. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm super excited to see how it is. All right. All right. That's, that's the one here. All right. Good deal. Well, we will, we will be covering that next week. So uh, stay tuned. Uh, that is going to do it for us for this week. Uh, be sure to follow bell at ring that bell. You can follow the show at TV talk FM. You can find all that information and more at TV talk.fm. Uh, yeah. May the force be with you all. And until next time, we'll be back in a flash. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.